0: This episode of Silent Giants is brought to you by Ali. Ali, powered by Verizon Locations, are developed by Verizon, the world's leading technology company. In collaboration with Ali, a membership-only community workspace for creators, each location is a community curated and powered by the emerging technologies and thought leadership of Verizon. With Ali, Verizon is bridging the gap between startup and corporation by helping the community workspace build next-level ecosystems with entrepreneurs. And now, on to my interview with Deanna First.
1: The trigger moment where I knew oh, I need to get out of the corporate world is, I worked at Ralph Lauren for a little bit, and I went in for the interview, and he looked at my portfolio, um, and there's designs, and then there's sketches, but he saw my sketches, and he was like, "You're not You're doing not anything, anything with these."
0: Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'm your host, Corby Cambridge. Uh, yeah. Everybody tuning in, you invited, you invited. No matter what mood you in, get excited, get excited. Everybody love the music, let me tell you how they do it. Whether writer or an agent, let me tell you how they made it. You are now talking to a silent giant. Wanna walk in their shoes? Silent Giants. Wanna study their moves? Silent Giants. Wanna know what they do? Silent Giants. Silent Giants, y'all. <laughs> Paul bless everybody and welcome to another episode of the Silent Giants podcast, which highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. To keep up with the latest on the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at Silent Giants SilentGiantsPodcast. To keep up with my life, music, and more, be sure to follow me as well at @corey_cambridge. Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is fashion and beauty illustrator Deanna First. Deanna has carved an amazing niche for herself, illustrating for brands like Saks Fifth Avenue, Swarovski, Ralph Lauren, Estee Lauder, and countless others. In this interview, we get to learn more about Deanna's upbringing in Ohio, her early career as a fashion designer for Ralph Lauren and J. Crew, how she began a career as a fashion illustrator, and so much more. So, without further ado, let me introduce you as a fashion illustrator, the entrepreneur, my friend, the silent giant, Deanna First. Yo, Deanna, what's going on, yeah?
1: i'm doing well how are you doing
0: yo i'm fantastic it feels good to be like here with you right now hanging out having I a conversation know.
1: long over two like so. the, the
0: power of the internet
1: exactly right and, i mean and so instagram cool. and instagram it, exactly and like i don't know where i would be if i didn't have an instagram account seriously
0: yo like, i don't know what i would be either <laughs> business wise yeah <laughs> well you know what if we didn't have an instagram account you'd probably be you mentioned that you were from ohio we, actually no, no no without instagram we would probably still both be in new york because we have to meet people face to face
1: exactly face
0: to face would matter so much more
1: we would find a way to make it work
0: right like but i wonder how people do you ever think about how the world even function instagram and the internet's like one of those things where i think about now Like, what was the world even like like how did you know an event was happening
1: i don't know and same with phones like without having like cell phones i like, can't even imagine
0: yeah, no cell phone. Like so weird. Well, you know what? It's it's one of those. How do people even get around New York City without a cell know. phone? I
1: don't know. okay. I've lived here like seven years, and I still use Google Maps. Like, I still <laughs> no matter where I'm going.
0: Well, see, so Google Google Maps has even more purpose because you can now track the times.
1: Oh, see, okay, maybe that's why I use it. It's not just directions; it's time
0: too. Yeah, time time yeah. is a valuable thing. Yeah. So your last name is first.
1: It is. Which is a
0: beast last name. Is that, I know. I was on the train thinking to myself first. Is that like German or is that like, I don't know, like Dutch or what? what is that? So
1: it originally was spelled F-U-E-R-S-T, um, but apparently, you know, through immigration, it got switched to F-I-R-S-T. So I don't know how long the backstory is with that, but.
0: Where'd your family move from?
1: Um, okay, well, my dad's side, I'm not super familiar, but my mom's side is from Italy, so okay. it doesn't really tie into the last name, but <laughs> okay. they're like everything. They're like German, Hungarian, Slovak, like everything.
0: And you miss you're from Ohio. We're in Ohio.
1: Yeah, so like 20 minutes from Cleveland.
0: All right, so you're area. like a Cavaliers fan? LeBron fan. Okay
1: I am when there's like a championship going on but other than that I don't keep up. I don't keep track.
0: Yeah when LeBron's not there there's not too many championships exactly. to keep track of. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So. What
0: was it like growing up there?
1: Interesting. No it was good. It's like I miss the nature part of it. You know like there's so many people in New York which is awesome because you like you feed off their energy but in Ohio it was like very relaxing and chill and I feel like I'm a spiritual person, so I, I need solitude once in a while. So I like growing up in Ohio because it wasn't so busy. You got to kind of like be with your thoughts more than in New York.
0: Right, 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 right. right. So. What was your childhood like? Like, what, Do you have siblings?
1: Yeah, I have one sister. So everyone was a teacher in my family. Okay. I feel like I'm the only kind of creative one in my family. Were they so. our teachers? They all were teachers, yeah. Uh, art mom, teachers, I'm sorry. Not art teachers, no. No one was like super creative. Um, my great uncle, though, was a mural painter. Okay. So I feel like, I never met him, but I feel like that's kind of got passed on, maybe skipped a generation, so.
0: Oh, are you the oldest or youngest?
1: I am the youngest.
0: Youngest. So yes. I was listening to this podcast the other day about like child order.
1: Oh, interesting. I don't know a lot about it. What did What did it say?
0: So, child order and like the the role. So, like I say, for instance, I'm the, I'm the oldest child, right? So, the oldest child typically is the one who um, will move away first. They have like more responsibility. Really? Uh, their parents, your, the parents are stricter on the oldest because they have no experience. Um, the oldest is typically a little bit more like scrappy um, because your parents don't have the a lot of money when you, you know the, when you first have your first mm-hmm. child. That makes sense. Normally. Um, but then by the time you get to the the second child or the third child, there's more money there. So the kid kind of has like – the second or third child has more leniency as far as parental uh, supervision or they're able to do a little bit I more. I don't think
1: so. I'm not with me, no. Ex- explain. I feel like – I don't want to say bad or good. There's no bad or good. But I feel like I was always always like getting in trouble and I don't know. I just – I feel like I, they were more strict with me because my sister, um, super responsible, very like by the rules, by the books. And I don't like rules. I didn't like school. I didn't like any of that. So I don't know.
0: So you were just a rebel.
1: I, I Rebel with, I with a cause or without a yeah, cause? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just don't like being told what to do. And... Yeah, I guess you could consider that a rebel.
0: Oh, totally. Not being like a bad, bad rebel, but
1: like a semi-rebel. Well, well, I
0: think it's also like the thing that goes back to being a creative. You know what I mean? The whole point of being a creative is the whole job is to think out of the box. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you're just born to be a creative, not a rebel, a creative.
1: A creative. See, I like that. Yeah, (laughs) definitely.
0: Uh, How did art first like get involved in, in your life early on?
1: So... It sounds a little cheesy, but ever since preschool, I wanted to be an artist. Like we would have journals and like they would say, what do you want to be when you grew up? And I always said artist since, you know, a, a super young age. I just didn't know it would be like the fashion and beauty industry. I actually, I graduated in fashion design and I had a corporate job for a few years before I transitioned over to illustration, so
0: Wow. So, so you always knew you wanted to be an artist.
1: I always knew I wanted to be an artist, yeah. Was,
0: was there like a light bulb moment in your, your early early life where you knew that this was like your calling?
1: No, I always knew. Ever since I was like before kindergarten, I knew that's what I was going to do. But then, you know, when you look at colleges and you, I was uh, speaking with counselors and, and people like that, they're like, oh, well, you could be an art teacher. You know, like they never pushed it to like you could be an actual artist or Um, So I went to fashion design school because it combined illustration and like I never sewed before. I just was like, oh, I like clothes. This would be fun. Let me like, you know, go this direction. So does
0: does that mean you were talented at illustration and, and art early on Like there was like a natural ability there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like even elementary school, I feel like I was in. They have honors art, believe it or not, like they have like advanced art. So I was always, you know, taking extra classes for it. Um I would I would get like awards and things like that. But I mean, it was elementary and middle school. So it was like small stuff.
0: Oh, was there a person who uh, early on kind of influenced you to kind of just maybe maybe not have the, the the vision to, you know, propel you to, you know, pursue it in college or as a career or as an artist individually, but to someone who positively pushed you forward with your art?
1: I feel like there has been so many people, but I feel like the trigger moment where I knew oh, I need to get out of the corporate world is I worked at Ralph Lauren for a little bit and I went in for the interview and he looked at my portfolio um, and there's designs and then there's sketches, but he saw my sketches and he was like, you're not doing anything with these. Like you should be an art. Like even though I was interviewing for a design position, um, you know, he was like so surprised I wasn't doing something, you know more art-related, because you think design is art. Every time I tell someone, oh, I was in fashion design, they're like, oh, did you draw all day? I was like, no, it was all computer. I was sitting in front of a screen. You know, it just wasn't creative as they make it out to uh, in Project Runway or the movies. It just, it wasn't like that once you were in the industry.
0: Because where did you end up going to school?
1: I went to Kent State. Kent State? Oh, that's the
0: uh, famous school from the 1960s. Yeah,
1: yeah, everyone knows it from Right right. There,
0: there was a song from uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Yeah. about that. Yeah. What was it called Ohio? What's called Ohio? Yeah,
1: it's called Ohio, so.
0: There, there we go. What was it like yeah. at, at Kent State?
1: It was good. Um I graduated in 5 years because my first year I didn't know if I wanted to do fashion design or art. So my first year I just took electives and then once I chose my major, it really was just I didn't really have much of a social life. I I worked all all day all night.
0: Are you like a naturally introverted person?
1: No, it was just it was so hard that like no one was in sororities in fashion design school. No one did anything extra cuz it was just so much. Like you're create you're sewing collections of clothes. So it's like it's just so much that goes into it.
0: Now, did you know once you graduated, that you had to make a move to a major market, or could you have stayed in Ohio? Because in Columbus is like the fashion capital of the world. You have like, or of America, right? Where it's like Express is there and American Eagles there.
1: Yeah, you're right, yeah. I mean, I, I could have, but I wanted to get out of Ohio as fast as possible, yeah. And I interned here when I was in college. So it's where I knew the most people, you know, to kind of land my first job. So it just made sense to come to New York again so
0: uh, tell me about the about the move to new york like where'd you move
1: so my first apartment was in east village i had one roommate um i've lived about probably seven or eight spots since i've been here seven years just because you know how the new york life is (laughs) it's never planned it's always like so many factors that go into it it was good i mean i still feel like i'm getting adjusted i don't feel like a true new yorker even after all these years
0: Oh, New York has a way about it, though, where it's never like your city.
1: Exactly. Y- you yeah. Know, you know yeah. I mean? We share it with like plenty of people. So.
0: <laughs> it's really hard to, to come here and really feel like it's always going to belong to you. Also, I step back to back home to Virginia. And I'm like, oh, this is where like where I like naturally fit.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I feel more at home there. But who knows one day one day it might change
0: okay so now during this time you're pursuing a career in design but are you still making art and illustrations like are you selling them or are you doing this in your free time like where, where was art and illustration in your life when you had a full-time job in design
1: so my first few years it was like non-existent I didn't draw for a few years um, which is pretty crazy to think about um, and then after I was at I started off at Ali Tahari then I was at Ralph Lauren and then J. Crew, and I was at enough places to know, hey, I wouldn't be happy doing this. Even if I got to the design director, you know, level, I just, I wasn't happy. Um, so I got a part-time job for, I was, I was planning on staying there six months. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I quit my corporate job and I was like, I moved back home. Oh, I forgot about this. I moved back home for about like three to four months. Then I moved back to New York to get a part-time job. And at that point, I was applying at art supply stores. I was applying like anywhere that could just give me like three days a week so I could still, you know, get my business started. So I found a place that I could work three days a week while I still, you know, did art and got some clients and built myself up. Um, But I ended up staying there two years before I could quit. Okay. Or before I decided to quit. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of the background story. But I've been doing it like four years, probably full time. Three, I don't know. I don't keep track. <laughs>
0: so you went from, uh, Jahari what was the clothing line.
1: Eddie or, or Ellie Tahari.
0: And then no, okay. Also, was your focus like menswear or women's wear? What was your focus?
1: I did everything. In design, men's, women's, children's, but I preferred like women's wear.
0: And for for folks who you know, I don't come from the fashion world. You know, that's I come, okay. I come from the world of music. What is the working for these big companies that we all know, like a, a J Crew, uh, what is the environment like in these offices? Is it overly creative? Is it more of a corporate kind of vibe? But what what is the what is the the experience like working at these type of places?
1: It honestly just depends on the company. It varies so much. You know, every company has a different dynamic. Um, I honestly felt like I was sitting in front of a computer a lot. <laughs> I mean, very corporate, the places I was at. I mean, it was fun, but not fun enough that I wanted to make a living doing it. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you were, uh, earlier that you were uh, hopping around and someone told you, like your employer, your boss, looked at your illustrations and was like, why aren't you doing this?
1: Oh, yeah, it was for an interview.
0: Yeah, for an interview. And yeah. you're like, why don't you do this? You know, Why, why don't you become an artist? Um, was that like a light bulb moment for you when you were like, yes. Why am I not doing this?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I feel like I needed that little like boost because, you know, coming from someone that was, you know, in a reputable position, you know, that kind of knew exactly what they were talking about. It gave me a little more confidence boost to be like, you know what? Everyone has a breaking point, And I feel like too many people like, I don't know, they make a lot of excuses like, oh, it's not that bad, but we only have one life. You know, it's just like it makes me so sad to see people that aren't happy in their jobs because I've been there and I know what it feels like. Um, But I also believe in destiny. I feel like if you quit today or if you quit in 10 years and you like have a goal, you're still going to get to the same end point. Um, It's just the matter of how soon you want to take the risk kind of deal.
0: Okay. Now put me in your shoes. You, you, you leave the corporate world behind
1: Uh, and you're so happy and
0: you are striking out on entrepreneurship. What was the first steps of, of of that of your your journey
1: a lot of highs and lows you know i saved up enough money to you know sustain myself for a while um but honestly the it, i mean there's still so many highs and lows i mean everyone looks at me and i seem like oh you've landed so many great clients you're successful and i still like struggle with ups and downs you know um you have to kind of be like your own best friend through it all, you know? And I didn't tell my family when I quit. I didn't tell anyone I quit my corporate job and tell my parents and tell anyone. And then they would call me at like random parts of the day and I would pick up and they'd be like, Diana, like why are you like always like available? <laughs> so I finally like came clean um, once I, you know, started landing big clients. But it was definitely a struggle in the beginning. The first two years were like, oh my God. Yeah, how do you land? Very ran, scary.
0: Because you know, where did you get the vision for, like so many people have the ability to rap, right? Or the ability to write songs or the ability to illustrate, but they don't necessarily have a career focus of where they want to go with their art, right? How did you develop then the the idea? It's okay, I'm going to brand myself in a way of, I'm going to do illustration for fashion. And then how did you get that first client? Tell me the that process. Good
1: question. I honestly don't remember my, oh, my very first client, Um, it was a book cover by Martha Michelle. She's a poet. She lives in LA. So that was my very first client. Um, but my very first like corporate, like large client was Saks Fifth Avenue. And at that point, like, are you familiar with live sketching? So like at venues or like clothing launches or beauty launches, I live sketch guests. I do them like five minute quick sketch. They take home just as like a kind of like a souvenir to remember the event by. So they reached out and they're like.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Deanna, like we want to hire you for this event, you know, someone forwarded over your website. And at that point, I already did a live sketch event, and it went so bad. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this isn't my calling. I'm I'm not doing anything live because I consider myself a perfectionist. I like to take my time, but at live sketch events, it's five minutes and whatever's on the page. Like it's you know you just kind of have to wing it. So I was like, okay, I really don't want to do this, but if I want to land them as a client, and that's like my really big first client, I need to learn how to get good with it, good at it. Um, so I showed up. It didn't go as bad as last time. It went okay. And then it's kind of just been like my favorite thing to do. It's like I have events usually like every week now. So it's probably like 60 to 60% of my business.
0: Now, I, I want to backtrack a little bit because yeah. I, I know that it's, it, you're explaining it in a way where it landed here, landed here. But I want to go all the way back to just how does this even idea even come about? that, like, I, there's an industry for me to do illustration and fashion. Like, did you know anyone who was kind of in this role before that you had seen on Instagram or seen online and it's like, I could do that? Like, or did you just come up with Yeah,
1: this? no, good question. Because at first I didn't really know this was even a thing, even in college. So in fashion design, we have sketching classes. Um, but I didn't really no people were making a living with it until like I graduated and I lived in New York and Instagram, I started going on Instagram. So like, um, Katie Rogers, she has like, it's called paper fashion. Um, Blair's like Danny Roberts. Like there's like a bunch of illustrators out there that were seemed to like be doing what I love. So that's kind of how I discovered. I was like, Oh my gosh, they're doing all this cool stuff. If they can do it, you know, why can't I? So
0: And break it down for me like in in dummy terms, right? Like for a person who has a knack for illustration, who wants to pursue this and go the route of working with brands with their art, like what are the first baby steps that you need to take before you even get to a client?
1: I would say before even pursuing anything, have a website up, like look legit. You know what I'm saying? So people take you seriously and I would have a portfolio together. I would work on you know, five or six collections just featuring your artwork. If you don't have any like big names to, you know, attach to yourself yet, you know, you're selling yourself. And I would go to a lot of events, you know, um, not so many networking events. Like sometimes I would, but just get out there and meet people because once you're like friends with people, you don't know who knows, you know, people talk, um, So there's so many ways you can go about it. You can go about it being super social, um, but then you can work from home and like promote online. So it's just, you got to work what's best for you, you know?
0: Now you mentioned the event uh, at Saks where it was the, the live illustration. Yeah. Tell me about that event. What was the event?
1: Gosh, I don't even remember. I think it was just an in-store event, probably some holiday where they come in and I just like sketch customers at the store as, like, little thank you.
0: Wow. And so from there, you were able to build the relationship with them, but also get into, like, what was the next step after that for you?
1: I mean, it kind of is like a domino effect. Once you get a few reputable, you know, respectable clients, everyone thinks, like, oh, Deanna, how do you get your clients? Like, I'm at the point where they come to me, and it kind of sounds cocky, but, I mean, when I first started out, I would be emailing every person, you know, looking through the alumni books, like, who do I know? Who can I reach out to? But then once you kind of, like, get a few under your belt and focus internally on producing more work and on yourself and on your website, they'll come to you. So the beginning, it was a lot of, like, outreach, but now it's, it's finally to, like, the good part where, you know, I don't have to do as much work. It just kind of flows.
0: Um, For me, let's say, for instance, I, you know, I'm a I'm a writer, yeah. right? So if I was able to get a publishing deal, I can call some of my friends who have publishing deals with labels, and kind of call them, ask some questions about like their deal. You know what I mean? Or what things should I look out for? You know, and they can look out for me and give me some advice. But for you, there's not a lot of people in this role of you know, being an illustrator and working with big brands. How are you able to know like your value and know your rates? um early on or was that something you kind of had to learn through trial by fire trial by fire
1: Very good question. So the beginning I it, and if you google something art is all over the place. You know there's not really like I couldn't find a set rate. So I was super confused what to charge. And I would I went out and I met with a few illustrators when I first kind of wanted to make the transition, but no one was talking about the rates. Everyone gave you a little bit of info, but still it's competitive. You know, they'll see my work, you know, you're still competition to them. So, um, it helped, you know, with some things, but like, um, the main thing that I feel like finally made me on the right track was I always wanted to get into an illustration agency. And when I first started out, I applied to like 20, 30, so many, I didn't hear about, or I, you know, didn't get into any of them or hurt Year back, then I realized I'm applying to all these and I haven't even built my career up. Like, what do I expect? So, I waited three years, I reapplied, and I got into one of my top agencies, which was awesome. I ended up being like my slowest year. I was at like a six month trial period. I, I think they booked me one project in six months. It was awful. I was struggling. I was like so much better on my own. Um, but the good thing about that is I know their rates now. Like I know what the standard is across the board for like book covers, for events, for all of that. So I have somewhere to gauge now, like what is, you know, an on point kind of price point.
0: You mentioned illustration agency. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even know this this I, existed.
1: Right? Yeah, a lot of people don't. So like think of like music. Um, agents or like an acting agent it's the same exact exact thing Um, but the agency I had if you think about it you log on the website and there was probably like 60 other artists okay so at the time I was like wow my life is going to change you know I don't have to do the contracts and all the stuff that I don't really enjoy doing like I was so excited this is the moment I've been waiting for but then I realized you have a website with all these other amazing illustrators on there you might have three agents representing you know 60 people each or whatever so I felt like no one was I wasn't getting paid attention to and you would have a client sign on the website and see all these other artists easily get swayed like oh let's click on this profile or like this so it um, it hurt me but it helped me because I I now know you know
0: you mentioned, uh, too, about contracts. So yeah, at the agency, they would handle these contracts for you. But independently, you're handling these contracts yourself?
1: Yeah, contracts, invoices, following up with people, you know, keeping track of everything. Yeah, so th- that was nice. The agent would handle um, all of that. But they also get like a 40% cut.
0: Okay, okay. Which and is high. <laughs> so, So... With these contracts, are you do you have to have people overlook your contracts or something that you could look at yourself?
1: I mean, there's templates, and there's also websites. um you can go on that have pre-made templates that cater to graphic design to illustration, and then you kind of just like tweak them. Um, so that's what I typically do.
0: Was there a particular moment in your in your life that was a breakthrough moment that you look back and go, "Wow, when this gig happened, like everything changed or, is something that's kind of like a gradual is getting better and better and better and better and better slowly.
1: I think it's a, a gradual getting better and better and better. And I feel like sometimes, you know, I'm not at where I want to be yet. I'm thankful. Um, but it helps to look pa- look back and see like, wow, I actually have like accomplished a lot because I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm living in New York city. So like that alone is an accomplishment. Um, and I feel like I'm hard on myself sometimes, you know, I'm trying to work on that. Um, so I guess. I'm appreciative, but there was not like one moment that was like changed everything. It's kind of a domino effect.
0: Uh, I was talking to my homegirl earlier this morning. She's an artist in Singapore.
1: Oh, cool. We,
0: yeah, she's super dope. We were having like a great conversation and like touching base about like the art scene in, in Singapore versus like the art scene kind of. Yeah. Um, in new york and we're having a great conversation about with your art you know there's a balance between doing something that's like your passion and that you're passionate about and then as the other element of having to pay your bills and working with bigger companies um was there ever any point of contention for you of saying like i love doing my art um but you kind of have to go over here to the corporate side or were you always comfortable being in the corporate side
1: or being in the non-corporate side?
0: Well, okay. Well, I'm sorry. As far as like working to delivering art for corporate entities. Oh, okay. It's like, so w- was there ever a point, was it always an easy thing for you to hop into that world of delivering art for co- corporate purposes or for big publications? Or yeah. Has that, has that or ever... like
1: personal work you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's something I actually am still trying to get better at because you would think, you know, I use my creativity so much, but really a lot of the times clients will have a specific brief. I want this type of girl carrying this, this outfit. I don't feel creative sometimes when I'm doing these projects because, you know, everything is planned out. So it, the finished product looks super creative, like, wow. But going into it, it just kind of feels like a process to me um, when I have commission work. So I'm working on doing more personal because I put my paying jobs ahead of me just relaxing and letting loose and being creative because I think, oh, I got to do this. I shouldn't be just doing something for fun. You know, this deadlines do. So I'm working on balancing that. I haven't. Yeah. Well, it's something what, I struggle with.
0: What is that creative? Like, what is Deanna first? Ultimate creative. I'm doing my thing look like for you. what Because to the outside world it's sort of like, yo, this is. This is what it what it is.
1: Honestly, I feel like, you know, I work with name brands and all of that, but I'm inspired by, like, if I were to sketch someone, I would much rather sketch, like, the girl next door that is, like, just, I, f- it has, like, that is pretty compared to, like, a famous fashion model. Like, when I'm, like, sketching for fun, you know, I usually sketch women. Um, I love drawing eyes, things like that. I don't know, just something that, like, isn't saturated with a bunch of brands. I love all my brands. Well, of course, of course. But, you know, something that is not, you know, in that world.
0: Because uh, are you able to do uh, illustrations and then have like private gallery events and sell them like independently as well, you know?
1: I haven't done that. I feel like, you know, that's definitely a good market and you could do that. Um, I haven't. I haven't I feel like maybe once I complete a, like a collection of illustration like a series that flows nicely mm-hmm. together, it would be cool to like pitch that or do a collaboration with someone so you got me thinking that's a good <laughs> that's a good idea yeah
0: because uh, at this point now you're you're an entrepreneur and you're you're managing yourself or do you have an, a manager or do you have an agent and
1: I don't anymore
0: you don't anymore but at one point when you were independent you so so well, one I'm point saying, I did. So I'm not saying when you were with the agency. When you weren't with the agency, you were, you had an agent represent you?
1: No. Um, the only time I've ever had an agent was with the agency.
0: Okay. Got it. Got and it. And that
1: was only a six-month period. And then I was like, oh, this isn't working. Um, so I've been by myself for a few years now.
0: Dope. Dope, dope. And uh, Deanna, I have a question that I ask every person at the end of every episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and – I've been able to interview a lot of amazing people like yourself, people who um, are achieving greatness and achieving greatness and striving for greatness every single day. Um, But for so many folks um, on this pursuit of greatness, they're not aware of how much sacrifice it takes to be great. You know, they just see the end results of that Instagram posts and all the likes or the bottles being popped or the fancy cars and the the nice house. Um, But they don't see all the things you've given up, to be where you are today Uh, what have you sacrificed to be great
1: how do i keep this short keep it long (laughs) and, and, and concise i feel like i've sacrificed so much i i mean i would stay in almost every weekend doing work um And just like not just artwork, like you have to be very strong mentally in order to be an entrepreneur, to do your own business. Like mental health is something that's like so huge. And I feel like now it's great that it's getting so much attention, but I feel like it's almost getting attention because it's trendy or it's just like the cool thing to talk about. So I feel like just always being by yourself. Entrepreneurs don't talk about it. Like i work from home i worked from home from for years now you know the only time sometimes i'll get like human interaction is at my live sketch events or you know saying hi to the doorman or the lady walking you know at the coffee shop but i feel like that's the main thing like being okay with being alone and getting to the point that um being alone isn't a bad thing like now i i enjoy my own time and my presence um but there was one point where i was struggling to try and Balance you know working hard with a social life, but now like I really limit you know who I spend my time with i mean i'm I'm very picky when it comes to my time, so I'm spending my time with you right now, so super listen. honored, yeah, so be honored about that <laughs> um
0: well, Deanna first, thank you so much for taking the time out.
1: Yeah, I know. It was so fun I, chatting with I you. I know your
0: schedule is very, very busy. I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with me today and being on the podcast. And I want to say thank you so much for your contributions to popular culture. I always feel like, you know, living in New York City, you know, I have a, a slogan for the podcast is hang with leaders and learn from legends. But I'm a firm believer that the legend, the leaders of today will be the legends of tomorrow. I love that. You know what I mean? And you're gonna be a future legend so
1: thank you so much no it was, it was a pleasure chatting with you
0: all right take care thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the silent giants podcast and to our special guest deanna first this episode was mixed by joshua coleman if you're a fan of silent giants please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review in the podcast app and lastly before we get out of here be sure to check out my other show OPP other people's Podcasts, the TRL of podcasting each week I interview America's top podcasters to learn more about them and the dope shows they created I'll provide the link to OPP in the description of this episode I'm your host Corey Cambridge pod bless till next time